0: Well, that's the question we're going to ask today. Are we all in? I have uh, <clears throat> some scripture that I want to read uh, along with you, if you would uh, follow along as we read uh, Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had managed handling his affairs. And a manager handling his affairs. One day, a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, What is this I hear about you? Get your reports in order because you're going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, Now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Oh. I know how to, secure, to insecure that I have plenty of friends just to secure the friends that I have will give you um, will give me a home when I am fired so he invited each person who owed him money, uh, owed him money to uh, his employers to come and discuss the situation he asked the first one how much money do you owe him the man replied I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil so the manager told him, take the bill, quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe the employer, he asked the next man. I owe a thousand bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill, change it to 800 bushels. The rich man, listen to this, the rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being shrewd. And it's true that the children of, of this world are more, sh- are, are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Here is the lesson, so I guess we should pay attention. Your worldly resources, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends then your possessions then when your possessions are gone they will be they will welcome you to an eternal home if you are faithful in little things you will be faithful in larger ones if you are dishonest in little things you won't be uh, honest with greater responsibilities and if you are trustworthy about worldly wealth you will uh, you will trust Who who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Pastor... Is here today, but he's downstairs, meeting with some new people. And I totally uh, understand why he didn't want to preach this message. <laughs> this is by far the weirdest story in the whole Bible. When you read this, I'm going, "What? What? What is this? What? What? What are you saying? You you honor this this honest rascal? I mean." you know, it's just a weird story, a weird parable, and it's kind of not a wonder that pastor wanted me to speak it. Anyway, however, it's an everyday account and occurrence in our culture today, isn't it? Our headlines are full of papers with TV and people that are ripping people off and doing this. How many of you have heard of a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, well, same difference, stealing from one person to help another. The the idea is that um, that Jesus isn't honoring the despicable man for his dishonesty but rather his shrewdness you know this happens in everyday occurrence here in our our culture a few weeks ago my dad became a 42 a 42 millionaire 42 million dollar millionaire my dad did yeah it was amazing uh, and it was publishers clearinghouse He only needed to pay $12,000 for the taxes. And they would send the money to his address. Yep. <laughs> I, da- I said to my dad, I said, Dad, you're an accountant. I'm not an accountant, Dad. I'm not that smart. But I don't think taxes on $42 million is going to be $12,000. <laughs> I said, maybe $42 million or $22 million of that would be taxes. And he just said, oh man, yeah, you're right, that's crazy, what's going on? So anyway, it's impo- it, the important part of this miracle is the manager is, not being, is uh, not being commended for his dishonesty, but his shrewdness. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples to teach them and to teach us that it's good to be shrewd, that we need to be, uh, but not dishonest. Jesus wants us to be shrewd in the world. In Matthew 10, verse 16, it says, Look, I'm sending you as sheep among wolves so that uh, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Shrewdness. Now, shrewd, when I, when I think shrewd, sometimes I think, oh, shrewd, that's like a grumpy old person, shrewd. And I have to be careful because I'm an old person. But shrewd, does not mean that shrewd means and it's pretty cool having or showing sharp powers of judgment astute wise he wants us to be shrewd in this world and keep our eyes on the next world that we will be living in you know God is the source of all that we have he is the source of everything. In this parable, he is the rich man. In this parable, we are the manager. And so we need to manage our money the best we can to, to, to be shrewd in our dealings and make sure that we're doing what pleases God. This means that we don't use our possessions just for our own benefit, but rather we, as, uh, as, as children of light and as children of Jesus, we use them to promote, to promote Jesus' earthly business. That's what we need to be doing. We need to use them for the benefit of others when we have opportunity. The poor, the needy. His ministry here at the church, as Liz said, we're, we're so grateful for the generosity of this church so that ministries can keep going forward. And of course, for missions. We can give toward missions as well. And Jesus wants us to use our resources to help people not to swindle them to the point of this parable is to use your resources to benefit others and prepare you for your investment in heaven we are investing when we invest here on earth in helping others the church missions ministries the poor the needy when we do that our investments are being stored in heaven. So this is the situation. He used his authority to lower the debt of his boss's customers. Why? So he could benefit himself. He knew that he was gonna get fired, so he thought, well, if I lower their debt and I steal from my boss, I'll at least have a place to live. Or, even better, maybe one of them will give me a job. Maybe I can swindle them out of money. I don't know, I don't think he said that. It doesn't, you have to look between the lines to read that one <laughs> So when he does get fired, he has options, and that's what he was looking for. And Jesus wasn't honoring him for his dishonesty, but he was honoring him for his shrewdness. So there are three lessons that we learn in this passage, I think, that that maybe sometimes when we read this story, we go, I do not get this at all. But here's three lessons. First one is this. Money creates opportunity. It is a portable power that can be used in making friends for the Lord. That's exactly what the scripture said. Money is a means to an end. The secular world knows it. The manager knew it. He knew that if he would use... And and decrease what people owed. He'd have friends. It was a dastardly thing to do, but he knew it would help him and benefit him. Now, his actions would help him to get a job, or be employed, or to, or to have a place to live. Imagine how much more we will be rewarded when we use our resources that God has given us because he is our source, how much God will, how much that will help others if we help others and use that. Jesus wants us to see the shrewdness of the dishonest manager, to really look at it and to understand it. Just as this man dealt with each rich man's money, in the light of his future. You are to deal with the money that God gives us for your eternal home. The manager was dishonest, but he also was looking ahead. And I think so many times we get sidetracked with, you know, how are we going to invest our money? How are we going to give our money? What are we, gonna, what are we supposed to do with our money? And sometimes we forget that in the long run, our investments... Are far greater in heaven. The scripture, the scripture says this, in verses eight and nine. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it's true that the children of this world are are, are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than the children of light. He's what he's saying there is, you know, people of the world have that worldliness about them. He said, here's the lesson. So I guess we should pay attention here. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you into an eternal home. What he's saying is invest for the future. Invest for heaven's sake. You're motivated. um, you, You are to be motivated by the world to come, not by this world now. Live your life with the end in mind. That's a, that's a long-term investment plan. You ask any investment banker, they'll say, you know, long-term investment. That's what you got to do. Make sure you, and what better way to long-term invest than to give to God and his work and his, his, um, his kingdom? And then, of course, just like anything, there's going to be a time when we're called to account it says in verse uh, 16 or chapter 16 verse 2 it says turn in your accounts ma- uh, of your management for you will no longer manage. One day we're all going to be done managing. You know, our days will be numbered. There'll be a time when we're called to account. And we need to understand that money can be used as a tool for Christ and his kingdom. After you are terminated, you will no longer walk. You will no longer work for your master. The dishonest man used his final days to benefit himself. Jesus wants you in your final days to use your monies to win others to Christ and for your future to invest in eternity. We're all messed up. You know, we, we all make mistakes when it comes to our finances. <laughs> I remember a time where I bought a, a piece of junk Harley Davidson because it looked cool and it sounded great and I didn't really ask the wisdom of my wife on this one it was kind of an impulse buy I was so sad I did that because the stupid thing fell apart I couldn't get a sticker It it was just a nightmare but understand this we all make mistakes when it comes to purchases but we need to be shrewd and evaluate those purchases to make sure we do what is right ultimately God has a heart for those that want to do right in verses 16 10 through 12 it says whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? This makes clear that Jesus is commending the servant in this parable for his shrewdness, not his dishonesty. He commends him for, he condemns him for his dishonesty making the point that if you're dishonest in little things, you're going to be dust dishonest in bigger things. And so that's what's important that we understand, that the shrewdness was what the, that God admired, not his dishonesty. Matthew 6.21 says, Whoever, Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of heart will be also. So to really know where your heart is when it comes to finances, one of the ways to do a little self-check is check your checkbook or, you know, check your expenditures or your credit card statement. It speaks of an intent and a motivation. One who is faithful in little is very faithful in much. He who is dishonest in little will be dishonest in much. There's a story told of Michael Jordan. Many of you know him. Um, He's probably the greatest basketball player of all times. There may be some discussion on that, but we won't spend time to talk about that this morning. But Money was... He he was one of these people that at a very early age in his career, he signed a six-year deal. And in the middle of a six-year deal, he... Many people said, man, you're, you're not being paid enough. Aren't you going to renegotiate your contract? And he looked at them and he said, what kind of a man would I be in front of my children? What would I be teaching my kids if after I gave my word and signed a contract, I went back and asked for more money? Integrity is more important to teach my children money will always come and go it's one of those things in your life sometimes you have a little more than others and sometimes you don't have enough and if it makes and if that becomes the priority of your life your 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 emotions will be on a roller coaster christians understand this though god provides he is our source It is only a lack of faith that says more money is better. Now, don't get me wrong. A little more money is always good. (laughs) It also begins, but it also can be a place that can begin corruption in our hearts and lives. Henry Fielding, an 18th century English novelist and dramatist who, known for his earthly humor and satire, said this, making money your God, it will plague you like the devil. It will just be all over you. As we continue, we see 16 uh, verses 11 through 12. It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other, and you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Here's the third lesson. He must be first in everything, and we must be all in. Jesus is demanding integrity and devotion to God. He goes on to say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you and will be given to you as well. Money can be a problem for us, it really can. The scripture talks about money and possessions over eight, in over 800 verses. It talks, about more, it, to, it talks about money more than mercy, prayer, healing. Jesus mentions it 11 out of the 36 parables in the Bible. The sheer volume of scripture tells us that God is concerned with money and its influence on us. How that money can take us away from our relationship with Christ. How it can draw us away, and how we become self-sufficient and not God-dependent. Money is a portable power. Here at the end, Jesus takes what would be like an imaginary dollar, and he holds it up, and he says, "Okay, who's it going to be? Me, or the dollar?" It's a really big dollar I'm holding up. Should be. But who's it going to be? Money will fail you one day. Money can disappoint you. But money can be a great tool in the master's hands. It can help so many people. The story today reminds us that the best investment we can make is not in us, not in our 401K, not in our home, but our friends and in God's plan to expand his kingdom prior to his return I think this parable is to just help us to think a moment and say what would Jesus purchase anybody have those WWJD bracelets well I'm going to recommend a new one WWJP what would Jesus purchase I think he just wants us to Take a moment and think about being shrewd and think about what we need and what we don't need, but it goes on and as we as this wraps up we we understand that Jesus God is our source and and Jesus is what what we need to be using our money for our kingdom doesn't mean we don't pay our bills and buy our house and all that but It may help us to think about what house we buy or what car we buy. What is being shrewd like when it comes to our own personal benefits? Jesus said this, you must love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what he's saying to us. So if we love him, that is the first sign of being all in. This is what being all-in demands, to love God with all and to use our shrewdness to proclaim the message of Christ throughout this world. In just a moment, we're going to have a closing song, and it's a prayer. And as you leave today, I want you to be thinking of this prayer. And it's a prayer of commitment that says, I give you my heart. Now remember, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So remember, in this week, begin to evaluate and ask God how we can do and what we can do better to be a shrewd manager for him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this story. As difficult as it is, it does point us to the reality and the importance of using what you gave us to bring glory to yourself. That we would use our shrewdness and our thoughts and and the judgment and the wisdom to invest in eternity. Lord, wouldn't it be amazing that we get to heaven and there's hundreds of people standing at the gate going, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a good steward. But because of you, I'm here. Father, give us the heart to steward what you give us.